everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding National Liberal Arts College. And we try to get it done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 22nd edition of the 1853 podcast of Monmouth's 2017-18 school year, we'll meet Monmouth art professor Janice Wunderlich. She has some exciting plans for integrating art into other majors at the college. Men's basketball coach Todd Scribzeth is back to preview his team's trip to the NCAA Division III National Tournament. The Fighting Scots begin tournament play on Friday night at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. And mathematics professor Michael Sestores will tell us about a high-speed imagery lab that uses to teach students and also make some pretty incredible art. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Before we chat with this week's guest, a shout-out to a few folks at the college. A big bravo to theater professor Doug Rankin and the entire cast of the Pitchfork Disney. That production wrapped up on Sunday, February 25, and audiences were treated to quite the performance. A big congrats as well to philosophy and religious studies professor Ann Maymary for coordinating the annual Samuel M. Thompson lecture. Roger Ames, the founder of the East-West Center's Asian Studies Development Program, gave a great talk on Tuesday night. And also a big thanks to art professor Stephanie Ball for coordinating Lingering Presence, the show of mixed media works by Kansas City artist Kathy Lau that just closed in the Everett Gallery. We had a great reception last Friday celebrating that exhibit. In a few minutes, we'll hear more from men's basketball coach Todd Scribzeth. But men's basketball isn't the only success story in fighting Scott's athletics right now. The men's track and field team collected their 19th consecutive Midwest Conference Indoor Track and Field Championship last weekend. That pretty much makes them the Midwest Conference program of the 21st century. The women's team also did well. They placed second at the Midwest Conference Championships. Lacrosse season is underway at Monmouth, and Monmouth's women's lacrosse team got off to a fast start to the season as the Fighting Scots won their season opener and sophomores Amanda Green of Henderson, Nevada and Kara J. Gordon of Nashville, Tennessee combined to sweep the first week of the Midwest Women's Lacrosse Conference Player of the Week awards. And in women's basketball, freshman Carly Turnbull of Mesa, Arizona was named to the second team All-Midwest Conference team this year. Congratulations to her. A reminder that spring break will be March 5 through March 9 at Monmouth College. Although students and faculty have the week off, Monmouth offices are open as staff are on campus throughout the week. Monmouth art professor Janice Wunderlich is one of the new outstanding professors who joined the Monmouth faculty this school year. Janice has increased the campus's involvement with art by holding several pottery evenings where guests are invited to create their own works of art. The evenings are a good example of how Janice believes that art is for everyone and should also play a role in everyone's life. Another example of that philosophy in action can be seen in Janice's drive to raise funds to purchase a 3D ceramic printer for the college. 
As Janice explains, a 3D ceramic printer is similar to the traditional 3D printers that most folks are familiar with, except a 3D ceramic printer is one way art can be integrated with mathematics and the sciences. Right now at the on campus, we have a few 3D printers, and they are... Um, they're hooked up to a computer so you can design something and then you can print them. Uh, the difference is that the filaments are, are polymers, they're plastic based. Um, they can't withstand anything, uh, any temperatures or high temperatures. So we make these really cool designs, but they're plastic. And there are certainly uses for things that are created using polymers. But what I'm really interested in is this interplay between science and art and you can really achieve fantastic results by using a ceramic filament um, because then after you design it and print it you have the capability of tweaking it um, and you can even add more ceramic materials you can hand build you can slice it up and then we can fire it so it's using science but it's taking it to the next level with the ceramic printer like I said, it has the ability, um, it's ceramic material, it can be fired. So we can actually manipulate it and make art with it, but we can also have it be functional. It's, it's work, that, it's wear that can withstand high temperatures, 2000 degrees. So it's kind of cool in that respect that um, it's sort of blending science and um, technology with fine art. As Janice points out, blending science and technology with the fine arts is at the heart of a liberal arts experience that Monmouth offers to its students. Particularly interested in that because I feel like it, it goes really well with our liberal arts mission, which is to um, think creatively within multidisciplines. And so I, that excites me, this idea when we can merge uh, multiple disciplines and have interest in multiple disciplines. My hope is that the material science people, the um, chemistry people, um, that they will be interested in exploring a little bit with this. And my hope is also that my artists, um, my ceramic and art majors, will be interested in, in the sort of science end of it and that together we'll, we'll have this really good conversation. And Janice envisions that the 3D ceramic printer will be made available to the entire campus community. I would love to see things like the 3D printers, particularly the ceramic printers. I'd like to see it available to the whole campus, to all the students, um, that they could use these types of creative methods to uh, make things just as you would to go to the library to rent, borrow a book. I would love to have a space where they can come and create a model of something that they're studying and they could create it out of ceramic or um, make an object to give to somebody and that it, they would have the, the ability to come in and, and have access to it. That's sort of my big vision of what I'd really love to see. As Janice explains, studying and creating art can open up possibilities in lots of other majors as well. I feel passionately that, that every uh, student of the liberal arts should insert passion into whatever they are studying and, um, and also have a broad knowledge. And if you are very science-centric uh, science or very math-centric, um, I feel like it would assist you in your math or science learning and your path if you divert a little and, and learn a little bit about creative methods and materials and that that could assist you and inform you in some sort of way so that you rethink or take an unexpected path in your future career. So 
I, I'm one of these people that believes that everybody needs creativity. If you can approach mathematics with creativity, then you've got something that nobody else has. And it can take you places that are maybe uncharted territory. And she says that in many ways, a 3D ceramic printer is the ultimate liberal arts tool. You know, I, I'm not a high-tech person. I'm very much someone who loves spending just hours and hours doing little tiny details and mundane things to create a completely handmade work of art. So I'm not tr trying to uh, imply that the uh, digital movement is going to take over the need for all things made and crafted by hand. That's not at all what I'm suggesting, but I love the interplay and the conversation. I love the exploration and the experimentation between the two materials. And like I said, I believe that anytime you approach something with create with a creative mind, with it expands your mind and it opens up possibilities. So I would love for um, material science people or uh, physics students to come and 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 play around and experiment with the ceramic printer and see with their own hands, uh, well, with their own eyes and feel with their hands and really get tactile with the materials. And in this way, it will inform their exploration so that when they're doing their calculations, they have a real tactile hold or a real tactile feel for what the material capability is. So I just, I see a really happy blend between the two, and I do think it's the ultimate, ultimate liberal arts tool for sure. That's our professor Janice Wunderlich discussing the possibilities that will be open to students with a 3D ceramic printer. Keep an eye on Mama's website for more information about that project. Those were a few of the sounds from Glenny Gymnasium last weekend as the Monmouth men's basketball team won two thrilling games in the Midwest Conference Championships. A come-from-behind 87-81 win over Lake Forest College on Friday night, followed by a heart-stopping 79-76 win over Ripon College on Saturday afternoon in the championship game. That Saturday win sent the Fighting Scots to the NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship for the sixth time in program history. Monmouth heads north to Wisconsin to play the University of Wisconsin at Platteville in a 7.30 matchup on Friday night. The winner will play the winner of the St. Olaf College Sewell Ross State game on Saturday night at 7 o'clock, and the winner of that game advances to one of four sectional round sites, which will be played March 9 and 10. Monmouth enters Friday night's game with a 20-7 overall record, winner of its last nine games and 12 of its last 13. UW-Platteville went from worst to first in its conference this season. After posting a 1-13 conference record in 2016-17, the Pioneers went 14-2 this season to win the Wisconsin Intercollegiate Athletic Conference regular season. They also broke the top five in national polls. Friday night's game between Monmouth and UW-Platteville will be the first meeting between the two programs, but Monmouth coach Todd Scrivzeth is familiar with the Wisconsin school, which is coached by Jeff Gard. That's because Todd was an assistant at the University of Wisconsin at Whitewater for 10 years before he took the job at Monmouth.
You know, we're, we knew we'd have to play a good team. Um, Platteville's had a really good season so far. They, you know, they're similar to us in the fact that, you know, they bounced back from a disappointing year last year and, and have really put it together and, and played well. Um, I'm familiar with Coach Guard and his style after being at Whitewater for 10 years and coaching against him. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have our hands full, no doubt. You know, it's going to be a, a hard-fought physical game. That's what we'll have to expect. There'll be a good atmosphere up there. They really get out and support their basketball in Platteville, and and um, you know I, I think I think that will will help us. You know our guys seem to rise to the occasion in those uh, those those big atmospheres. Although this is the first time Todd has taken the Fighting Scots to the 64-team NCAA Division III tournament. He's experienced the tournament as an assistant coach, and he knows what to expect. Well, you know, you're typically playing somebody you haven't seen before, you know, which is uh, a little bit different, you know, because, you know, for the last 12 games, it seems like we're, we're playing somebody for the second second time or, um, you know, maybe the third time even. And, and so, you know, trying to get as familiar um, with Platteville as we can will we'll be – will be a big a, a big thing to do this week uh, you know we'll, obviously the game planning will have to um, you know we'll have to get watching uh, quite a bit of film and, and and figure out what we think we can exploit offensively and defensively and um, but no I mean we're, we'll just keep, take it business as usual we, we've had a, a pretty simple approach all season and it's been successful for us and we're just going to stay with it. Looking back on last week's Midwest Conference games Todd says it was one weekend for the memory books. I mean, that, that was uh, as much fun as I probably ever had coaching. Um, the, the, the support that we received from the community and our student body um, you know that, that was special. And Todd says it's already been a special year year for the Fighting Scots. Oh, it's 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 been a really special year, you know. A great group of guys work extremely hard. Um, tremendous chemistry and you know there there's just been so many moments this year that um, you know we're going to look back on and and um, you know and relish, but uh, we're hoping to add a few more. They're good people from good families. Uh, they have their priorities in line, and, and um, you know they come come to work every day. You know, and and, and the, the consistency that they've shown in practice, you know, in games, um, that that's something as a coach that you don't uh, underestimate. That's Todd Scribseth, Monmouth men's basketball coach. His Fighting Scots travel to Platteville, Wisconsin to play UW-Platteville at 7.30 in the first round of the NCAA Division III tournament on Friday night. If you can't make it to Wisconsin, you can listen to the game thanks to the good folks at Prairie Communications. They'll broadcast the game. Just point your browser to 977WMOI.com to listen over your desktop or your laptop. And they also have a great app for your tablet and smartphone, and you can learn more about those on the website, which is, again, 977WMOI.com. Don't forget to dial up MamaScots.com, your home for all things Fighting Scots related on the World Wide Web, for more details about the Mammoth men's basketball team in the NCAA Division III tournament. And be sure to follow the men's basketball team on Twitter at ScotsMHoops. Of course, for all of the latest action in Monmouth College athletics, you can follow the Fighting Scots on Twitter at MC Fighting Scots. 
And this is a good point in the podcast to remind you of the myriad of ways in which you can follow Monmouth College throughout the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash College. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth, and the college is on Instagram at Monmouth College. If you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth on Snapchat at This Is Monmouth. And don't forget to check out Monmouth on Spotify, where we posted some swell tunes for your audio enjoyment. You're listening to the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm your host, Dwayne Bonifer, in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. If you walk around on the third floor of the Center for Science and Business, you'll see some pretty striking photographs hanging on the wall. But upon closer examination, you might notice that the photos are from experiments conducted by mathematics professor Michael Sestores and his students in the Center's high-speed imagery lab. Monmouth is one of only two liberal arts colleges in the country to have a mathematics lab. Overall, there are only about a dozen mathematics labs at all the U.S. colleges and universities. So it is home to a high-speed camera, which is able to shoot, uh, record images very, very quickly. And uh, we use this for a wide variety of experimental purposes. As Michael explains, the camera is used for a variety of mathematical experiments. This uh, past uh, SOFIA program, I had some students that were uh, interested in seeing what happens when uh, two droplets uh, hit a puddle of water in rapid succession. So what happens is uh, uh, one drop comes down, strikes the surface of the water, and uh, the energy uh, is reverberated backwards and you get a column of fluid in return. Uh, this column pinches off into a, uh, uh, a residual drop and at a precise time, uh, a second droplet comes down and hits that residual drop. And so what you end up with is a, a really awesome image of uh, this this water drop collision. Michael has also used the camera to study the path a golf ball takes when it's hit off a tee. When we originally got the the high-speed camera I, I took some students down that were physics math double majors uh, that happened to be on the golf team and so with that uh, we looked at um, uh, the golf ball off of a tee and so we did this at 500 frames per second, 2,500 frames per second, and uh, 12,000 frames per second. And at 500 frames per second, uh, uh, Ashwani Kumar in physics ends up using this as part of his physics class. You could see the, the relationship between angular momentum and linear momentum uh, as the, the, the golf club goes through its big circular swing. At 2,500 frames per second, uh, you're able to see clearly the golf ball coming off the tee. Um, and uh, I use this, uh, this, these images as part of my calculus class, and students are able to see for themselves uh, what the definition of a derivative is and be able to see a small change over a, a sm uh, small change in position over a small change in time. 
at 12,000 frames per second, you're actually able to see the the flattening of the, the golf ball, um, and uh, you're able to do some uh, some measurements of the uh, how much energy that the golf ball can store. Mike says the experiments help students break down a moment that happens literally in the blink of an eye. Experiments we do end up uh, occurring very, very quickly. I mean, one experiment, um, the experiment I just described, might last uh, uh, on the timescale of milliseconds. Once the experiment is all done, the notion of trying to... Um, trying to think about the modeling of that experiment um, there's a, there's a lot of detail that goes into that and there's there's um, from there students can go ahead and simulate and so they're getting practice on working with large amounts of data uh, with very complicated systems by using the high-speed cameras michael helps mom and students see mathematics everywhere even in a roulette wheel mm -hmm. A lot of the experiments that I use in uh, that I come up with for the for the imaging lab, we use as inspiration or verification of models uh, for my classes. So uh, one of the one of the experiments that we did was a, a roulette ball going around a roulette wheel, and we'll use this. Um, uh, as the ball go, spins around the roulette wheel. Uh, uh, it and you look at the uh, the the horizontal position and the vertical position of the the ball on the wheel. Uh, you see the creation of uh, trig functions. So you see you see the sine and uh, cosine curves appearing. I use that same experiment later on for my Calc three students when we talk about the distance between two points and the distance along a curve and to get a derivation of the, the models that we're, we're going ahead and creating. That's Monmouth Mathematics professor Michael Sestores discussing the mathematics laboratory that Monmouth students get to use. Monmouth is one of only two liberal arts colleges in the country to have a mathematics laboratory and one of only about a dozen U.S. colleges and universities that has a mathematics laboratory. The next time you're on the third floor of the Center for Science and Business, be sure to check out some of the stunning photographs that Mike has captured of the experiments that he and his students have worked on. Looking ahead to next week's 1853 podcast, we'll hear about some wonderful new paintings that now hang on the walls of the Huff Athletic Center, and the paintings were created by a Monmouth alumnus. We'll talk about Monmouth's Lux Summer Theological Institute for Youth, and we'll check in with the friendly folks over in the Huff Athletic Center to see what's happening in Monmouth College Athletics. That's going to be a 30 for this 22nd edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. <laughs>